Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while uh, since our last episode. I graduated from seminary. My wife gave birth to our first child, and I began the ordination process for our denomination. So it has been quite a while. Uh, But I wanted to put this episode here on the podcast. This is from the sermon I preached this last Sunday, December 27th, at our home church here in Tulsa, Kirk of the Hills. And the sermon is entitled Hope for Troubled Times. And it deals with God's word to his people in exile in Babylon. So I hope this sermon's an encouragement to you. Thank you for listening. How are you? Good. Well, what a lovely introduction. I only hope I can live up to that. Um, No pressure, right? (laughs) Well, it is wonderful to be with you. And I want you all right now to give yourselves a little pat on the back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone. Yeah. We made it. It's the final Sunday of 2020. We made it. Someone's already clapping. Someone's already saying amen. Yeah. We're ready. Right? I don't know about you, but I feel like I've kind of finished a marathon. I've never run one. Um, I think the longest I've ever run is five miles, but I feel like I've finished a marathon. Um, This year has just been unbelievable, okay? To be honest, I don't even remember January. It just seems like so long ago. It's crazy. We have seen so much chaos, craziness, difficulty in this year. Uh, Far more than any year I can remember in my whole life. Uh, There's a recording artist some of you probably heard of named Ben Rector. Uh, He was born in Tulsa, raised here at the Kirk, actually. And in one of his songs that he recently released, uh, he says that 2020 has been the longest year in history. And I think we could probably all relate to that in some ways. And so before uh, we get into the text this morning, I wanted to ask you guys a few Questions, sort of did you know trivia questions about things that have happened in 2020? Uh, things not so obvious. So, number one, did you know that in 2020, a star went missing? A literal star somewhere out in the heavens went missing. Astronomers have been working on this star, they've been tracking it, studying it, doing what they do. And I read the article, and one day they go into the lab to look through their telescopes and to do their calculations. Gone. Just completely gone. How do you lose a star? I do not understand how this happens. Something to do with black holes and all that stuff, but how do you lose a star? It's crazy. Number two, this one I did not see coming. This is no joke. This is completely true. You can look this up online. William Shakespeare got the COVID vaccine. Yep. William Shakespeare. To vaccinate or not to vaccinate? That is the question. (laughs) So, okay. Um, There's a guy in England today, currently, uh, whose birth name is William Shakespeare. And he was one of the first to receive the vaccine for COVID in England. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Fun little fact there about 2020. Next. 
Hey. <laughs> right? So back in April, we're all entering month two of our lockdowns. All of those things. Well, it can't get any worse. And then we turn on the news. And apparently, murder hornets from Asia have invaded Washington. No joke. Do you guys remember this? Yeah, it feels like five years ago, but this happened, right? These things get up to two inches long. Huge, okay? They feed on other bees. They're genocidal hornets. They feed on honeybees. That's what they do. And they sting humans. And these bees have so much venom in them, and they're just so huge, uh, that apparently a human being, a full-grown human being, can die after just two or three stings. Crazy. I remember hearing that, just thinking, like, are you serious? Murder hornets? What kind of a year is this? Then I also read that back in, I think, May or June in Colorado, a squirrel tested positive for the bubonic plague. The black plague that wiped out half of Europe in the Middle Ages. It's like, what is going on in this world right now? This one... This one cracked me up. This is completely real. Okay, virologists were working uh, in a lab in India, working with the COVID virus, trying to understand it, trying to figure out how to treat it, all those kinds of things. Okay. They show up to work one morning. They're doing their work. A monkey breaks into their lab, attacks one of the lab workers, steals three vials of COVID-19, and a surgical glove, and escapes and runs away. Okay, the lab worker who was attacked got himself up, got his cell phone, and ran outside and took video of this monkey up in a tree, chewing on a surgical glove, and holding the vials of COVID. <laughs> like, you, you can't make this stuff up. The meme was made up, of course, but uh, you, you can't make this stuff up. Like, what in the world is going on? And then finally... And this one hit really close to home for me and for my wife and for some of our friends. We couldn't have our Kirk small group Christmas party this year. Now, there's a man in the room right now. His name is Brad Rollins. Most of you know Brad. He's back in the sound booth right now, actually, making me sound good and presentable. Okay. Brad has a smoker. And every year at our small group party, he smokes turkey. I don't know if you've ever had smoked turkey before. Okay. It is incredible. Absolutely incredible. But this year, we couldn't have our small group party. We couldn't have the smoked turkey this year. I was so disappointed. Okay. So what I decided we're going to do is we are going to put Brad's cell phone number up on the screen. And during service, you all can text him your orders, and he'll get those to you. So... Uh, yes, and he's paying for all the turkey. It's totally free. So, yeah, it's part of our giving ministry here at the Kirk. Uh, <laughs> okay, all those things really happened this year. Now, of course, on a slightly more serious note, uh, many other things happened as well. Uh, in addition to the pandemic that has completely changed, literally, the face of our world because we're all wearing masks now all the time, right? There was uh, all of the just underlying anxiety, the stress, the difficulty uh, mentally and emotionally that people have been facing. Uh, we've all, I think, just felt this heightened sense of anxiety this year, right? Not to mention the economy, right? Just kind of went down the drain for a while. 
A lot of people, millions of people out of work, losing jobs. Uh, food banks with lines down the street, people just trying to get food. Uh, it's been a very difficult year. You all remember, of course, back in May uh, with all the civil unrest and the racial riots that were going on um, after the events in Minneapolis. And it just, I mean, every day seeing in the news, you know, this city, Nashville, the courthouse has been set on fire. In this city, uh, you know, police cars are being, you know, burned and torched. And it's just like, what is going on in our world? This is absolutely crazy. Sociologists have done studies on these things. And they have said that our nation has never been more divided since the time of the Civil War. So when Abraham Lincoln was president, during the Civil War was the last time that our country was as divided as it is right now. And we take all of this stuff, the division, the tension, the anxiety, the pandemic, everything, right? No smoked turkey, all those things. Right, you throw it all into this pressure cooker of 2020, and it's just been crazy, right? Anyone else feeling that this year? Yeah, absolutely crazy. Okay. I know that every one of us have been impacted uh, in various ways. Some of us in extreme ways, some of us in stressful ways, uh, some of us in here have lost loved ones. Both of my grandfathers passed away last month within five days of each other. Um, it was a crazy, just weird month, right? Just a weird end of this year. I know many of you in this room um, have had family members who've struggled with COVID. Some of you have had COVID. Um, you know, you know people who've, who've lost loved ones, lost jobs. So with all of that going on, and with this final Sunday of the year, I'll switch the slide because I'm trying to be serious, and that's, there we go. <laughs> and everything else going on with this year. What can you and I, as God's people, as the church, as Christians, uh, what can we know? What does God want to say to us? What is something that God would want us to know as we finish out this year? Ultimately, how can you and I obey what the scripture says and fix our eyes upon Jesus in the midst of all the craziness that's been happening this year and that goes on in our lives? What can we do? Because you all know that we face difficulties in life. And something that has been really helpful for me is what's right there, right? We cannot control our circumstances, but we can control our responses, okay? How do we respond, right? What does God want us to know? So as we look at this text today in Jeremiah 29, uh, we're going to see what God wanted his people to know about 2,500 years ago. Okay. We're going to see how that applies to us and how we can be encouraged by God's perfect faithfulness to his people. And ultimately, we're going to look at how this passage reveals aspects of Jesus to us and the finished work of the cross as we consider the gospel, as we wave goodbye to 2020 and pray for a slightly easier 2021, right? Okay. So... A little bit of background here, very basic, uh, to the book of Jeremiah. Okay, this book was written by the prophet Jeremiah about six to 700 years before Jesus came. So in the late 7th, early 6th centuries BC. And Jeremiah was called by God to prophesy to the southern kingdom of Judah. Okay, the 10 southern tribes of Judah who lived 
uh, in the southern part of the land. Now, God called him to go to them to preach, to prophesy, tell them to repent. They were living in sin, being unfaithful to God's covenant. And Jeremiah was called by God to preach to them for 40 years. 40 years. And God told Jeremiah at the outset of his ministry, they're not going to listen to you. This is going to be really, really difficult. They're going to reject you, right? What a great prophecy for how your ministry is going to go. You're going to spend 40 years and it's going to be miserable. Congratulations. You've been called by God, right? Um, That was kind of the thing. But Jeremiah was obedient. He was a godly man. And so he did it. And as God said, the people didn't repent. They continued to harden their hearts. They refused to repent. And Jeremiah's constant pleading and weeping for his people has led to him being known by scholars as the weeping prophet. That's kind of his legacy. You're the guy that cries a lot, you know? That's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Now, in the book, right, it culminates with the tragedy of the Babylonians coming down and taking the people off to exile. They sacked the temple, took all the holy gold vessels and and things that they would use for worship. And Nebuchadnezzar, you've probably heard his name, he and his armies came down, slaughtered a bunch of people, destroyed Jerusalem, and took thousands of the Israelites off into exile to Babylon. Now, why did this happen? Well, God had spoken to his people all the way back in the days of Moses. He said, if you are faithful to me, I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will cause this land, this land that I promised to you, to be a blessing to you. And you will grow and multiply, and you'll be a light to the nations. But God also said, if you're unfaithful to me, if you disobey me and don't keep my ways, then I will bring curses upon you. I will remove you from the land that I promised you. And that's what happened in Jeremiah. After centuries and centuries of horrible rebellion and wickedness, God finally had enough, and he brought this army down to take his people off the land and to remove them. Okay? And so King Nebuchadnezzar comes down and takes them off into exile. Now, as we get into actually reading the text here, we need to keep the gospel in mind. Okay? Every single one of us in this room have sinned. We all know that. Okay? We all know that. We've all been unfaithful to God. But Jesus came. And what did Jesus do? He succeeded where we all failed. Jesus never sinned. We know this. He lived perfectly in faithfulness to what God had called him to do. And he didn't just do that. But as you know, as we have this big cross here behind me, Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus suffered the penalty, the punishment for our sin. If you will, Jesus was sent into exile on our behalf. Jesus bears the penalty of sin, the punishment of God for sin. He bears it for us. And he dies on the cross and he goes off into exile, so to speak. And why does he do that? To bring you and me back to God. See, all of us had been in exile spiritually, right? We were separated from God by our sin. But Jesus comes and brings us back to God. That is the glory of the gospel. 
So now that we've just finished this Advent season and enjoyed another Christmas, there's one simple question that I want us to consider this morning for the next couple minutes. And that question simply is this. What does God want us as a church, as people, to know as we finish this year and head into 2021? I believe what this text speaks to us this morning can prepare us to re-engage with the mission of God as we move into a new year, as we start our value series in two weeks, looking at what it means for us as the Kirk to be a church. We can all re-engage with that and once again set our eyes on Jesus and focus on him. So just a couple quick things. What does God want us to know during this difficult season? Well, in verse 7, as Pastor Aaron read, God had said, pursue the well-being of the city that I've deported you to, that I have deported you to. God did what he said he would do. He brought judgment upon his people because of their sin. This reveals to us, this shows us in this text that while God is very loving and merciful, God is also holy. We sang it this morning, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? God is holy. He told his people that he is the one who would raise up the Babylonians to come because of their sinfulness and their unfaithfulness. We read in the book of Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And Paul told the Corinthian church that their life was to be about bringing holiness to perfection in the fear of God. And we see this all throughout the scriptures. God is holy. He is perfect. He is pure. He is set apart. And I think this is something for us as the church uh, here at the Kirk and individuals, and I think just the church in general, we need to recapture a vision of how holy God is, the majesty of God, the holiness of God. Right? When you read uh, the, the visions of heaven that are scattered throughout the Bible, Uh, We see the the angels covering their faces. They won't even look at God directly because he is so holy and so pure, right? John saw the vision of Jesus risen and exalted and seated on his throne in heaven. And John looks at Jesus and falls over like he's dead, right? That's how holy our Lord is. This is how holy God is. And in the text, as Aaron read for us, there were false prophets who had come up and told the people, no, don't worry about it. God's going to bring us back to the land any day now. This isn't God. We're, we're good. We're fine. Don't even worry about it. God's pleased with us. Right? And God says, no, I have brought this. You're going to spend 70 years in Babylon. Then I will bring you back to the land. Okay? the people would bear the punishment that their sin deserved. Now again, this shows us how holy God is, right? That the people would bear the punishment they deserved. But this also shows you and me the gospel, right? The good news of the gospel, which we celebrate every time we gather together, right? That you and I don't have to bear the punishment we deserve for our sin, because another has stepped in and done that for us. And his name is Jesus. 
right? Jesus has borne the punishment you and I deserve for our sin. And again, as I said, Jesus, he steps into our place. He goes to the cross, takes the wrath of God upon himself for us. And when he dies on the cross, having become sin for us, he he dies and he's buried and he goes off, if you will, into exile. Goes off into exile. Right? How could this happen? Right? However, as we know, that's not the end of the story. God had another word for his people, for Israel, in this time. Yes, I am holy. You will bear the punishment you deserve. You have been walking in rebellion and wickedness. But I am with you in your exile. I am with you in Babylon. He gave them grace. He gave them favor. Verses 10 through 11 of Jeremiah 29 says this. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. And then that famous verse that everyone knows. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. Why did God do this? Because not only is God holy, but God is also faithful. And this is good news for us. No matter how bad things got with the people of Israel. And guys, they were bad. God's special called out people. They were killing the poor innocent people, worshiping other gods, literally sacrificing their children to demons. It was awful. It was awful. But even in the midst of all that, God was never going to completely forsake his people because he had made a promise to Abraham. He said, Abraham, through your descendants, I will bring blessing to the whole world. And ultimately, as we know, that was fulfilled when God himself came, when God became human to die for the sins of his people. This was his plan, his purpose, and his promise. And the good news for this, and what we see in our text here, guys, is that there is no amount of unfaithfulness on our part that can overcome God's faithfulness to us. No amount of our sin can overcome God's grace. His grace always triumphs over our sin. Amen? And just as God was faithful to bring his people back into the land of Israel, which he did 70 years later. He brought them back. And just as he was faithful to do that, he was faithful to raise Jesus from the dead on the third day. Again, this is the gospel. We see the gospel all over this text here. And for you and I who trust in him, who believe in the Lord Jesus, we have been raised to new life with him as well. We have been given eternal life. So God wants you and I to know this morning, and as we say goodbye to 2020 and prepare for a new year, that he is holy. Our God is holy, 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 as we say. He's also faithful. He's made promises to us, gospel promises that he will keep. No matter how badly we do, uh, no matter how hard these years get, he will keep his promises to us. And that is good news. 
And finally, God wants you and me to know that all of his promises to us are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. He's made promises to his church, right? That the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He will be with us to the end of the age. All of these things. He is going to fulfill them. He will be with you and with me and with us to the very end. And so as difficult as 2020 has been for for you and me and for all of us in many different ways, let us rejoice. And and I want to be careful when I say this. I'm not in any way saying this to be trite, and I am not in any way diminishing the severity of the COVID pandemic and the difficulties that you and I have all faced this year. Okay? I say this with the utmost seriousness. It could be a lot worse. Because if it were not for Jesus, you and I would still be under God's wrath, facing eternal judgment for our sin. Right? And that would be far worse. But praise be to God for the gospel, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe this morning that God wants us to just be reminded of the gospel message. He is holy, he is faithful, and in Christ, he is with you and with me. He's with us as individuals, he's with your family, he's with us as a church here in Tulsa, right? And he is with his people all over the world. He is faithful. That's who he is. And there's no amount of difficulty, civil unrest, COVID pandemic, right? All these other things that can ever separate you and me from the love of God. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay? So, as we close, God wants us to know who he is. He's holy and he's faithful. He wants us, I believe, to take a breath and prepare for a new year and continue with the mission that he's given us as his church. The mission of God for his people has not changed. In our text, God told the people while they were in their horrible, difficult circumstances, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Does that ring any bell for you guys? Back in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, this was the very mandate that God gave to humans. And he tells his people who've been sinful and unfaithful, hey, listen to me. I want you to do what I've told you to do. Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. And I believe that that's what God would say to us this morning as a church at Kirk of the Hills in Tulsa, December 27th, 2020. After the craziest, weirdest, hardest, longest year that probably any of us have ever been through. I'm not done with you yet. Keep going. Keep going. Walk with me. Make disciples. Right? Love one another. Okay? The mission of the church. We are for Tulsa. We say that a lot around here. We are for Tulsa. Right? And again, we're going to start our value series in two weeks and have a chance to really re-engage as a church with who we are and, and, and the DNA of what makes us a church here in Tulsa and what God wants to do through us. And my prayer for myself, for all of you, for us as a church, 
is and has been that all the hardships of this year would actually be a catalyst for the greatest faithfulness and revival that we've seen in our own hearts and in our church, right? We've been through a hard year. We can't change the things that have happened, but we can decide how we're going to respond. And I pray that I respond and I pray that all of us respond as a church uh, with an engagement in the mission of Jesus for our lives and for our city and for what he wants us to do. So God wants us to know him, wants us to be on mission. And finally, and this is where I'll close, he just wants us to remember the gospel, wants us to remember the good news. He's forgiven us of our sin, right? You and I, if we are in Christ, are not under God's wrath. We are his children, redeemed, restored, forgiven, reconciled. God has not forgotten us. He knows the plans that he has for us. In Christ, we belong to him forever, and nothing, nothing can separate us from him. And that is great news for all of us in here who have lost loved ones, who have suffered hardships this year. No matter what we've gone through, that is good news, that in Christ, we are God's children. So, I leave you with this. And I apologize, the type is so small. (laughs) When I made this on my laptop, it looked bigger. But um, 1 Peter 1.13, the Apostle Peter, no stranger to difficulty, writing to a church that was dispersed in exile, if you will. And he tells them, in light of the persecution they were facing, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? We don't know when, but we know Jesus will come back someday. And whether we meet him at that point or whether we are called home uh, to, to meet him through death, however that happens, someday our Lord is returning. And the glory that will be revealed on that day is something that we can't even begin to fathom, but it's coming. And we get to share in that because we belong to Christ. So, that's where I want to leave you guys today, just the Word of God. I had one more slide, but I think I'm just going to leave it here because I think this is a better way to go out. Just, this is the Word of God for us. So, um, please pray with me. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, we praise you for the gospel. We thank you for sending Jesus. God, we thank you that as you were faithful to your people, God, to bring them back from exile and to restore them, uh, God, you have saved us from our exile spiritually. God, you've saved us from our sin and restored us to yourself through your son. So, Father, we are humbled by that. We thank you for that. And, God, that is good news for us at the end of a long, hard year. So, Lord, we bless you and we praise you. We thank you for calling us as a church to be your people. We ask that you would help us to re-engage with your mission, to set our eyes on you, and to just move forward, Lord, in faithfulness. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Well, thank you all so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope the sermon has been a blessing to you. And for more podcasts and writings and those kinds of things, head over to my website, scottwmatson.com. And until next time, may God bless you.